Welcome to episode 10 of Courtside with Keenan. I'm your host, Keenan Dahl, and on today's episode, we have NFL draft experts Dirk Hauser and Joe Haynes. But first, here's a word from Anchor. So here's the deal, guys. It is NFL draft time. A great time of year. Teams are looking to rebuild. Teams are looking to reload, depending on the situation. But there is hope. Everybody has hope. Hope that they're going to land the next Hall of Famer and start putting together the tools of a championship team. So we're going to be talking a little bit of NFC North football today. We have a Green Bay Packer draft expert, and we have a Detroit Lion draft expert. Dirk Hauser and Joe Haynes are going to be joining us for the roundtable. So here is our roundtable discussion. All right, welcome our guests, Dirk and Joe, to the roundtable. How are you doing, guys? Doing well. Hey, no. Already, already, Dirk, already budged in front of me. I'm doing fine, Keenan. This is Joe Haynes. Uh, I'm glad to uh, be part of uh, Courtside with Keenan tonight. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. You guys are the official draft experts of the Courtside with Keenan podcast. Dirk representing the hometown Green Bay Packers. And of course, Joe representing the Detroit Lions. First, Joe, talk to me about your Detroit Lions fandom. Well, Keenan, it's a. Uh... I mean, I don't want to have nom sweats here, but it's been a pretty rough ride. Uh, Born in 1989, my father decided that he would become a Lions fan because of the late, uh, great, well, I guess he's still alive, Barry Sanders. uh, The best person to ever tote the rock in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, And so he became a Lions fan. And and like many sons do, they follow the footsteps of their fathers. Um, We all become our fathers at the end of the day. And uh Ever since then, I've been trapped in the sad, sad emporium of uh, Detroit Lions fandom, and uh, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I feel bad for you, but I'm, I'm glad that you have stuck with it through thin and thinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good as, point. <laughs> hey, Keenan, there I hasn't really at, been. A- I look at, uh, I look at, uh, they've only won one playoff game in about fifty plus years. And uh, but I always look at the Chicago Cubs, you know, it took them 100 years plus to win a World Series. And uh, that's going to be me. And uh, by that's going to be me. And that means I'll be dead and my son will be celebrating and thinking of me when that happens. So I can't wait for that to happen. So basically what you're saying is you're stealing a line from Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Oh, man, very slim. But I'm always looking for that chance. Keenan. <laughs> All right, Dirk, let's uh, let's go to your Green Bay Packer fandom. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. I live in Wisconsin, so I chose the right team. No offense, uh, Joe. I mean, <laughs> that's a little we, bit of a, a little bit of a stab, but I get it. I understand. We, we won't get into his his tantrum that he had over the Packers beating the Lions early in the season at Lambeau this year, but um, that's a that's a totally different podcast, I think. But, Why you got to do that? Why do you have to do that? <laughs> But no, just hey. grew up with it. It was a family thing. Um, huge Packer fan, always have been. And as I've reached being a father and my other hobbies have gone away, I think reading more and, and getting into the Packers more has, has just naturally taken place. 
Okay, I like that. So let's uh, tomorrow night is the big night. We have first round of the 2020 NFL draft. So I guess we'll start with Joe because the Lions are sitting at pick number three. So talk about some of the needs of the team and where you think they're going to go with that first pick. Well, Keenan, I just want to bring up a few things uh, right away. The biggest needs for me that I've written down on my paper in bold, all capitals, is anything defense. Honestly, they could draft anything defensively, and I would be happy. Look, this team had the lead in 14 of 16 games last year. And in those games, 10 of those 16, they led in the fourth quarter. Now, when you look at that, I say, hey, the offense is fine. Maybe they could put the pedal to the metal a little bit, but something lacked, and that was stopping another team from scoring. So I say get defense no matter what. So I have on my list D-line, linebacker, and quarterback are the top three needs of the team. But if you look at offense, O-line is a big, big issue for them. They lost Graham Glasgow. He uh, was a serviceable offensive guard. He left the team in free agency. And then they released Rick Wagner. And uh, my apologies, he plays at the Packers, so he's dead to me now. And um, <laughs> two years ago, they lost TJ Lang. And they just haven't really had an O-line that was able to keep Matt Stafford safe. And uh, for a guy that broke his back last year, I feel like that's a big need for them as well. And a uh, fifth need that I have on there is running back. Look, they drafted on Johnson, who was everybody's, you know, you play fantasy football, that's everybody's darling for two years, but the guy has never been able to stay healthy. He hasn't proven to be reliable. And I feel like they're going to add depth to that position and draft a running back in, uh, you know, day two. I really do honestly think that that's a need that they can have. Okay. Let's hand it over to Dirk and talk about some of the Packers needs. Well, drafting at, at the 30th pick is, is not ideal for, you know, getting your top, top tier talent. But I think at that spot, there'll be some good wide receivers. I think that's their, their number one need. Do I think they'll take one there? We'll, we'll get to that later, but I'm not sure. Um, O-line, I'm not, I'm not quite, you know, with, with Joe talking about Rick Wagner, I'm not sure that's the answer for replacing um, Balaga, and I don't really know. I'm, I'm not super confident in Billy Turner yet, so I think O-line is an area that might be being overlooked by a lot of Packer fans right now. Um, D-line, man, they, they could not stop the run when they needed to last year, so I think that is, that's an area that can be improved on greatly. Um, and then, I mean, then getting a little bit nitpicky, they're secondary. They've, they've got a few holes. Um, you you kind of want them to replace a guy like Tremont Williams, even though he's been a great Packer. Um, that's an area where they could be upgraded. And then the, the rest, you know, tight end. I'm not as as worried about tight end as others are. Um, I think they're pretty set at running back, but that probably just means that they'll draft somebody high at that point. But yeah, that's where I'm. I'm they'll be at. <laughs> oh, and I, actually, I skipped over one. Actually, I skipped over my number three, and that was line, in, especially middle linebacker. Um, they did add Kirksey from, from the Browns and they still have Oren Burks, but I think if those two are your starters, um, week one, you're not very happy about what you have at linebacker. Okay. So Joe, with the number three overall pick, is that putting the lions in position to, to make a draft? Or do you think they should trade back and get some more picks to fill some of those gaps that you were talking about? 
Well, from every Twitter account I follow and every Bleacher Report and CBS update is that it's pretty inevitable that they're going to trade back. Now, is it to Miami at five? Is it to, uh, to the Chargers at six? Who knows, right? There was even a report that they're going to somehow try to trade. Uh, Miami is going to try to trade up to number three without giving up the number five pick to the Lions, which uh, I don't blame. You know, I don't doubt in my mind that Quinn would make a stupid move like that and have that happen. But I, I really do honestly think that they will trade back in the draft. Uh, a couple spots, gain some more draft assets, and uh, see where it goes from there. So what, in your mind, what do you, if they do drop back a couple spots, what, who do they want? Who do you think they would be kind of targeting in that five or six range? So what's really nice about where the Lions are in the situation that they're at is that either at number three, number five, or number six, I think they have a real good option of having all the guys that I think are going to be the best fit for them available at them at five or six. You know, dropping back a couple picks doesn't take a lot away from you. Obviously, if they stay at number three, they're going to because Washington made a huge mistake and didn't take Chase Young, right? So if Chase Young falls somehow past Washington, there's no way the Lions are going to trade back, right? You got to take a transcendent blue chipper linebacker with Chase Young if you have a chance. Now, if they trade back – oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Dirk was going to cut in there. So now – uh, my number one draft need, if they're going to need anything, it's going to be a D back, right? They lost Slay this off season. He's a true shutdown corner. Although I think he's about like, if you're going to draft him in Madden, he's about like a 90, but he's still proved that he is, he's a, he's a good, awesome pro bowl caliber quarterback. And he left. So now you got to draft a Cuda. That's my number one pick. I think they need to solidify that defensive back, that corner position. You face Rodgers every year and Kirk Cousins, whatever you say, you know, maybe he can launch the ball across him, but you need to shut him down. They got true font from the uh, Falcons as offseason of free agency. So now you double that up. He's serviceable. Uh, you double that up with a Cuda, have a big, strong freak athlete at corner. I think that's the number one place that they go um the second thing i think they need is d tackle um and let's be honest his d line is very bad uh they brought in mike daniels they're not even going to re-sign him this year he had marginal playing time uh trey flowers paid a bag for him last year from new england because you know the lions try to be the patriots as much as they can and it never works so uh he's fine <laughs> but he's not worth the money that they paid him uh, they lost Snacks Harrison at D-Tackle, uh, mainly because he just hates playing in Detroit, which is a uh, very familiar scenario that I see from many people talking. Um, so to fill that hole, <laughs> I would say uh, Derek Brown. Derek Brown from Auburn. Look, this guy is a team captain on defense for the Auburn team. I mean, he's just a straight-up football guy. 6'5", 326. We need a big, fat guy like that. Clog holes. You know, the North is filled with talented running backs. You have Aaron Jones. You have Dalvin Cook. Uh, David Montgomery is fine. Um, but there's a lot of talent there. And if you can plug holes up and stop the run game, I think a D tackle is really a no-brainer for them. So if I was going to look at two picks that I would really want at five or six or even three, those two come to mind. Now Isaiah Simmons, if he's sitting there at safety, 
you know, safety is sometimes not a sexy pick, but Isaiah Simmons is a freak of nature. If we got another guy like that, you could play him at linebacker. You could play him at safety. He's fast. He's strong. And I think that he could fill a hole too. So I think there's a lot of defensive needs and players that can fill those needs at any point when they draft in those spots. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I think if, if they have Okuda in mind, I, I mean, trading back to number five, I think they can still get him there if those other teams are going to trade up to, to get Tua, don't you think? I absolutely think so. And I just want to put to rest all these people that, uh, you know, the bloggers and people on the internet that think, oh, the Lions are going to draft a quarterback. Let's get real, okay? That's not going to happen. Believe it or not, D is the greatest need for the Lions, but Matt Stafford last year was unbelievable. He only played eight games. Now, some of those, uh, one or uh, one of those games was even a full game, but he has 64.3 completion percentage. That's the fourth best of his career, and his best being 66.1. He had 2,500 yards through eight games, an 8.6 yard completion average, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, and an 106 quarterback rating through those eight years. And that 106 quarterback rating, highest of his career. So, Keenan and Dirk, if you've got a calculator, do the math. 5,000 yards for a whole season, 38 touchdowns, 10 picks, and 106 quarterback rating. That's incredible. So there's no way that they're going to draft a quarterback at number three. I completely agree with you, and I don't think they need to. I think Stafford is is he's great. He's a really, really good quarterback, and obviously health is an issue, but when he's healthy, he is – extremely talented. I mean, he gives me flashbacks of he who not should be named. And that for me is Brett Favre. I mean, the guy is just an iron man. He will play through anything. If the doctors didn't shut him down, I'm sure he'd play in a wheelchair. I mean, the guy is my favorite. Yeah. And there's, there's no need to upgrade at quarterback because no matter who they take, it's not going to be an upgrade. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if they take Derek Brown, if they take Akuda, I will be dancing in my basement. <laughs> All right. So it, at pick number 30, Dirk, it doesn't, it's not quite as, you know, you don't get the talk of those top five or six guys with Burrow and Young and Tua. And, but at pick 30, do you, you think that wide receiver is going to be the, the spot? I, my heart wants it to be there, but my brain is telling me that they probably won't. I, I think there's going to be plenty of talent there, but, um, I, you know, I, at that point, if say they do pick a receiver, I can see guys like Denzel Mims out of Baylor or T Higgins out of Clemson. Those guys have been coming up a lot in everything that I've been reading for the Packers in that area. Um, and I, I mean, there's even been some buzz. I mean, it could be a smoke screen. You never really know um, a week before or a few days before the draft. But um, Goody is on, on, has been quoted saying that they're planning on being aggressive and they'll do what it takes to get the guy they want. Um, but you're right. At, at 30, um, I, I think what they're going to be looking for there is if, if a, a guy that they really like at receiver is there or if somebody falls to him, they'll take a receiver. Um, if there's a big guy, you know, an O-line or D-line that they, they had graded much higher, they, they probably take them, take them there. I think in that, that situation, they, they go best player available because um, I, I, that's what good GMs and good teams do, especially when you're drafting late. But if I, if I had to guess, my guess would be they, they they trade back, get a few more picks, probably take 
a receiver in the second round would be if I had to put money on it, that would be my guess. All right. So let's, let's turn back the clock all the way to the Aaron Rodgers draft. Okay. Brett Favre was 35 years old. People, some people, a lot of people said, why on earth would you draft a quarterback when you have this first round guy that is going to sit on the bench, you know, he's not going to play. So now we, we flip the script here. Aaron Rodgers is now that old man. So at what point do you think it's time for a new quarterback to be drafted highly? Is it this year? Is it next year? When, when do you think you it should happen? I, I really wouldn't mind if it was this year. I, I think when you compare the two drafts, I think even though the team had an amazing year last year, I think this team just feels like they had more holes in, in the roster than what um, – that, that draft with, with Rogers had um, in, in terms of, you know, it just felt this whole year just felt like a, everything went right for them. You know, a few game a few things changed here or there. I mean, like I was goofing around before and saying, talking about that lions game, you know, they should have never won that game, for example. And there's a few other games like that. that is- <laughs> I will, I will, I will make sure I, I put that uh, on my gravestone. Dirk Hauser says they shouldn't have won that game. I can't wait. That's great. I wouldn't say shouldn't have. Oh, do you remember the other? uh, Do you remember the other game, uh, Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary that they can't stop showing on ESPN? Yeah, I remember that one too. That was fun. No, I I don't recall that one. Oh, you don't. Every (laughs) God, I I wake up I wake up with night sweats thinking about that to this day. (laughs) That was like the the strongest silent cheer I've ever had because um, my kids and wife were sleeping at that time but it was probably the coolest moment and joe I'm, I'm not i'm pretty sure and i'm not even trying to make fun of you here but didn't you call in sick the next day i sure did dirk <laughs> i sure did i was watching i was watching the game at my buddy's house and uh the whole time of course oh you got this well our lines are winning this oh, packers has played like crap oh whatever you got this you're gonna win and i'm like you guys don't understand this is not gonna happen and then the whole face mask call where, where, where a pinky nail scraped Roger's face mask and the whole world almost lost their minds because he got touched. Flag, free play. I went, well, here we go. Seen this song and dance. Let's chuck it up into the middle of the end zone. And not even the middle of the end zone, five yards before it. And tight end caught it, went in the end zone. I, I think I got up out of my buddy's house. I even put my shoes on. I walked barefoot through the cold to my car, called in sick like 25 minutes later. Couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so oh, that was a great night. I actually have seen some people talk about if Justin Love from, or if Justin Love was able to fall from the middle of the round. You know, I don't, I doubt that he will. But if he falls to thirty, I, I've heard some people talking about. You know, this might be the year to take somebody like that. That's really, really talented, um, but could um, handle a year or two behind Rodgers and really develop them. Now, I, I, I want to bring up a counter argument to that. Now, when Rodgers got drafted, the Packers with Favre playing, that kind of brought a little uh, a little tension in the locker room, right? I know pros play and quarterbacks, you know, that's their job to lead, but that's got to bring a little bit of tension and a little bit of anxiety to Rodgers. We know that sometimes he can be a little bit of a drama queen. Um, what do you guys think about that? Is that going to be is that going to be a problem for the Packers locker room if that's going to happen? I, I think the only only situation where like that would happen is if say Tua or Joe Burrow 
fall to 30 because Rodgers was that guy that was thought that could go number one in that draft. And uh, so I, I don't think you would have that type of drama with uh, with the fourth or fifth or sixth best quarterback in the class. But right. That's a good point. Well, I know that they've had many stories written about Favre and how he said, hey, I'm here to do my job. I'm not here to babysit. I'm not here to teach. I'm here to be the starting quarterback. And I know it took time for for Rodgers and Favre to develop a a good relationship. And I think, you know, drafting a quarterback in that first or second round, he has to feel threatened knowing that he's aging and he's slowing down a little bit and the arm's not quite as good. So it just depends on if he's willing to kind of be the team guy and be sort of a teacher and a mentor, or if he's ready to just kind of say, I'm here to do my job. And that's yeah, that it. That would be interesting. I, I don't have a good answer for that because I, 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 even though there's a slight chance, I don't see it happening, but it would be an interesting storyline for sure. All right. So we have our Packers recap here. We have our lions kind of predictions. I want to slide into our, our top three segment next. So we have a top three segment this this episode of the worst NFL draft picks of all time. And I, I think, why don't I go first with my, my third pick, and I'll go from third to first. And I'll start, and then, Joe, you can go, and then we'll follow with, uh, with Dirk. That sounds okay? good to me. Perfect. All right. I will start with my third, and I'm going to say – Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was the number two overall pick to the Chargers way back when Peyton Manning went number one. And there was the big controversy of who should they take, Leaf or Manning, Leaf or Manning. So Leaf ended up going number two. He ended up starting only 18 games for the Chargers. He he really went in the tank, had some substance abuse problems, and he's I'm glad he's got his life straightened out now. But boy, his football career was horrendous so that's my my number three all right perfect so my number three is going to be jamarcus russell uh first overall in 2007 to the oakland raiders uh for a guy that could throw a basketball 80 yards from his knees boy did he suck i mean you can't be the size you can't be (laughs) the size of an offensive guard and played quarterback you know so uh with uh, lack of off-season training and just uh, decisions made in his personal life. He just lost it. He wasn't the guy he was cracked up to be. So I'm going to go with Jamarcus Russell at number three for me. Uh, For number three, I'm going to go with David Carr. Um, When he was drafted, man, he was thought to be the next next big thing. And, man, I, I don't, in my memory, have a memory of him having a single good game. I'm sure he did, but, man, was he awful? And I know that he was um, on an expansion team, but man, he was awful. <laughs> yeah, I would agree that he didn't, it didn't work out well. Uh, my number two, I am going to go with a quarterback out of the University of Kentucky, Tim Couch. He was the number one overall pick to the Cleveland Browns. And I think that's just the place where quarterbacks kind of just go to die. And boy, he, he kind of died <laughs> as a Cleveland Brown. I don't. So that's, uh, can't that's my number that, two. Can't hate that. Number Joe? two, Keenan, uh, for number two, for me, 
Uh, this kind of tugs at, uh, you know, my, my emotions. Uh, number two for me is Charles Rogers. 2003 second overall pick to the Detroit Lions. Um, he came out looking like a god, right, out of Michigan State. No-brainer, draft him, guy's a stud. Uh, he had only four career touchdowns for the Lions. Never played a full, uh, a full season. Uh, and boy, did he love his uh, recreational drugs. Um, and this was supposed to be, uh, you know, at that time, Joey Harrington's number one. But uh, no can do. Wasted talent. You know, wasted draft pick. And uh, that really set him back a little bit from that point. Yeah, I, that was that was a tough pick there. I remember that one, and ooh, he very, was disappointing. Very. I mean, he came up just looking like a monster. All right, Dirk. So, Dirk, what do you got? Yeah, I my heart wants to say Ahmad Carroll, but I'll I'll just leave that one alone. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one's a little bit out in left field, just because of how awful the pick felt when it happened, and then how it didn't work out. Roberto Agallo from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a kicker they traded up for and i know this is a first round thing here and i i went a little off i had to have make sure i had a good list here but they traded up for a kicker in the second round of the nfl draft and i i know that you said first round but when i saw that one i was just like that one has to be mentioned that's a good pick absolutely yeah i mean Drafting a kicker in the second round, it better be oh, a surefire Hall of Famer. I, I think he lasted, what, one season? And I think he was benched before the end of the season. That's a yeah, tough I think pick. you're right. That's a tough <laughs> pick, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to our number ones. And this one, me being the elder statesman here, I remember this one quite uh, quite vividly. This is back in 1989. We drafted the number two pick overall. The Packers drafted this incredible Hulk of a lineman out of Michigan State named Tony Mandrich. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Absolute beast of a man. I mean, he was the answer. He was the second coming of the greatest ever. And... Boy, it could not have gone worse. And the reason why that was the worst pick, because there were five Hall of Famers drafted in that class, and I'm going to name mm. Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Dion Sanders, Steve Atwater, all were drafted after, and they were absolute Hall of Famers. So Tony Mandrich is my number one worst draft pick of all time. I couldn't agree with you more, Keenan. I'll tell you what, on my back, I'm planning on having a tattoo of uh, Tony Mandrich's face. And underneath of it, I'm going to say not quite. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to have that on my back. Um, so for my number one, uh, I'm still sticking with uh, my Honolulu blue, uh, my heart here. And number one will be Joey Harrington. Old Johnny Piano Man, Joey Keys, uh, in 2002, third overall <laughs> draft pick, was supposed to be the Lions' savior at that time. Look, and the only reason I say that, not because he sucked, but because he was the reason why they drafted so many weapons around him, and those weapons failed. You talk about Mike Williams, you talk about Charles Rogers. Those guys that they wasted first-round picks on were as a result of Joey Harrington and trying to help him out. He just fell flat. 
you know, after his Oregon run, I thought he was going to be a no doubt savior for the Lions, but uh, not a chance. He didn't have a chance there. So uh, I'm going to go Joey Harrington as my number one worst draft pick for me. Yeah, I, I I agree with you completely. He he was a bust, and you know what? All those Oregon quarterbacks has there been oh, a good that's one? A good question. I mean, look, look, well, look at who they put out there. I mean, go back to Joey Harrington and um, Mariota and Achilles Smith was yep. Uh, yep. Oregon guy, I think, right? Yeah, that's true. All highly and highly now they have touted guys that just never panned out. So it must be an Oregon thing. System quarterback. So what do you think? What do you think about Justin Herbert then coming out as the quarterback for Oregon? And he's projected to go really high. Well, what do Keenan, you think? I think you said it best. History repeats itself, so I ain't going to touch him with the ten foot pole. <laughs> I think with I him, at least either. compared to say like Mariota, where like I think he has more of the physical tools to be an NFL quarterback. But man, he just—I mean, of course, other than in crunch time against the Badgers this year in the Rose Bowl, he didn't really consistently show that so you know it's tough to think a guy that was inconsistent in college is gonna pull it together I mean it it happens but that's a tough sell all right so that brings us to Dirk's number one question for you though Keenan a hypothetical one say don't draft Tony Mandarich in 89 or say that he works out and is an amazing lineman does the Brett Favre trade even happen I mean you look back in hindsight it was it a blessing in disguise type of thing well you know it's it's hard to it's hard to predict what would have happened but you you might possibly be right if I mean if he's blocking and leading the way and Mikowski's the man and they don't ever have a need for Favre, maybe they don't get him. That's a good question. All right. Well, I, I just thought of that when we were talking about this. So I'll get to my number one, the the biggest bust, and it's maybe it's recency bias here, but I'm going to go with Johnny Manziel. Um, man, I just I just remember all the buzz uh, when he, well, buzz is probably a, a bad pun to use for him, but um, just <laughs> <laughs> how how everyone was just so shocked when they took him in the first round. But then you thought about it and you shouldn't have been shocked. Cause like you said, it, it's the Browns and, and then when it didn't work out and, and it was just like, how could you not know that that was going to, to not happen? You know, I think within a few weeks he entered rehab. Wasn't that, I mean, wasn't it within a few weeks only? I mean, and what he had a few, right magical games but other than that he really didn't show a whole lot i mean nothing says you have hype behind you nothing now, says I you have hype I, behind you quite like when drake the number one rap artist in the world makes a song about you and then he gets drafted and then this is what happens yeah johnny i'm <laughs> yep. so sorry well it's the drake curse <laughs> it's a drake well, curse. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I feel sorry for Joe being stuck in his Lions fandom, but can you imagine oh, being no, a Cleveland man. Browns fan? Well, especially like the last few years when they all of a sudden they're being some people are picking them as Super Bowl contenders and then they have a season like they did last year. But I mean, they're immensely talented, but when you hire a 
hire Freddie Kitchens when you have, I mean, even when you have a guy like Mike McCarthy out there who, who knows what would have happened, but you can't tell me that Freddie Kitchens is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. Absolutely not. I, I agree. So in a year or two, are we going to be talking about Baker Mayfield as another bust? That's a good question. I, I, I honestly, I want to say, I think so. I mean, if they pad the, I mean, he had a great rookie year. I mean, all the hype was behind him and then they pad him with all these weapons and he couldn't produce. Is that again, is that coaching or is that decision-making by him? Is that his playability? I don't know, but uh, it's, it's not looking that great for him to be the savior of Cleveland. No, and then, yeah, Sorry, I, they haven't done much to help him with his oh, whole line either. I think it was it. It's J.C. Treader, I believe, that used to be a Packer, um, was pretty much out all last year, and he's one of their better old linemen. But um, I, I think it was one of those things where the the league caught on where. You know, he likes to – I think his big thing is he he scrambles to his right almost every single time out of the pocket, and the league kind of caught on to that, and you could see that type of thing this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I guess with that, guys, I am going to let you out of here, and this weekend is the draft, so I know we can't have NFL draft parties where we actually get together and – you know, have a beverage or two, but uh, I guess you'll be at your homes watching and, and cheering on in silence probably. Um, so I want to wish you guys luck. Hopefully the Packers farewell and Joe uh, Lions, you know, hopefully they don't <laughs> screw it up too bad. That's my only hope, Keenan. If they just come up with some kind of success, I'm okay. <laughs> All right. So thanks a lot, guys, for joining me and uh, we'll uh, touch base again in Keenan. the future. All right, it's time to review sports trivia question from the previous episode. The question was, what 2014 and 15 Wisconsin Badger basketball player from the Final Four teams had a dad that was a scout for the Chicago Bulls? And the correct answer was Duye Dukin. We had three people submit the correct answers. We had Kerry Dahl, Mike Koshak, and Warren Dahl all submitted the answers by... Emailing courtside with Keenan at gmail.com or by sending in a Facebook message on the Courtside with Keenan Facebook page. Congratulations, guys. And here is tonight's question. Since this is an official NFL draft podcast today, the question is what special nickname is given to the very last pick? of the NFL draft submits your answers to courtside with Keenan at gmail.com or check us out on the Facebook page and send your answer in at the courtside with Keenan Facebook page. Good luck. And that brings us to a conclusion of episode 10. Once again, I would like to thank my guests, Dirk Hauser and Joe Haynes, Let's pay specific attention to see if any of their predictions come true this weekend. All right, thank you very much, and have a great day.